Good morning, if we haven't met yet, my name is Melanie. Uh, I'm married to Stuart. Where's he gone? Um, He's gone to get a cookie and a drink, hasn't he? Uh, I'm part of the leadership here in Real Life Church. Stuart and I moved here six years ago to help start this church. Um, I look after the young here, so I oversee the kids and the youth work here. Uh, which is, I consider that to be a complete pleasure and privilege. They are some of the most amazing people I know. Um, I also look after the event side of stuff and reaching out into the community and being good to our community. So that's, and from time to time they let me preach. So it's, it's a good deal. So this morning I get to finish off our series in Proverbs. Um, We're going to be looking at Proverbs 31. We're going to be looking at the wife in Proverbs 31. I wanted to start by saying what a brilliant series this has been for us as a local church. So just looking at the book of Proverbs. If you're new to us and you've missed out on it, I would say go back and check it. Go back and listen to all of our stuff is online. So That's embarrassing, isn't it? Someone's phone is ringing. I have a horrible feeling it's mine. It's just about there. It is mine, isn't it? Awkward. Um, You can listen to the rest of Proverbs online. I have it because I need the the clock. You can listen to the rest of the Proverbs series online. There's a book that Stuart recommended at the start of the Proverbs series that would be good. If you've not read through Proverbs, have a read through it over the summer. It's been amazing for us. I think it's been such practical help for us. I love that it's a book from God for weak people who are trying to do life well. I love that wisdom cries out. I love that she calls out. I love that she's on the street in the marketplace. I love that she raises her voice. I love that she's gracious and good. I love that she draws near to us. I love that she's involved in our real world and our reality, what our lives actually look like. She has something to say. I think that wisdom offers the best. It's not the easiest. Wisdom offers the best way to live. And if you're struggling and if you're thinking, I need help, the Bible is by far the best book to get into and find out how to live. We should listen and pay attention to wisdom in a world that, quite frankly, is fairly foolish. We should be the ones seeking wisdom, listening to wisdom, paying attention to wisdom. So if you haven't heard the rest of the series, please catch up online. It's been brilliant. Uh, So we're finishing up with Proverbs 31. So if you want to turn to it, I'm just going to read 10 to 31. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ship of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is still yet night and she provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. 
She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and dignity and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and in her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor. She reaches her hand to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household are all clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates where he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and vain is, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. There's a lot of disagreement over who wrote this passage and what it's about. I'm not really going to get into that. You can Google it. You can go into commentaries. The most favorable argument is that Lemur, who they're talking about here, actually wrote this from the advice given to him by his mum and wrote it about his wife. That's the most common one, but there are loads of other ideas. I'm not going to get into that today. There's also quite a lot of people that believe Lemur is just another name given to Solomon. So there's loads of people that just believe it's Solomon talking about one of his wives and what his mum will have passed on to him. So there's a lot of disagreement about it. I'm not going to get into it today. I don't really set myself up to be that kind of preacher. Um, This passage, I think, for many of us, has become the impossible reach. It's become the wonder woman of the Bible. It's become the thing that we read and fear. We read and go, oh, oh my gosh, I'm rubbish. For women, particularly, it has become the unreachable reach. And I really want to tear that down today. I really want to remind us that actually there are no wonder womans in the Bible. There are men and women who love, serve, and honor God. And they do all of what they do out of that, including their stuff-ups and their successes. So I really want to tear that down today. She's a real woman, I believe. And she's a real woman who fears the Lord. She's a real woman who follows the Lord. She's a real woman who puts her hands to hard work and does whatever it takes to make everything work. And I have got to be honest, I know loads of women like this. So when people read Proverbs 31 and go, Wonder Woman, like she exists in comics or on movies, but she's not real, I just want to say no. I know loads of women like this. And I sat down when I was prepping this, thinking about the women of Real Life Church. And I went through the list of all of you, and I was thinking, she's like this, she's like that. I literally went through the list and thought, I could describe the women I know in Real Life Church like this easily. So I'm going to tell you about some of the women in this church and what they get up to. And you can decide for yourselves if they sound at all like 
the Proverbs 31 woman. You can decide for yourself if actually that life is attainable or achievable. I'm going to apologize because I've only got time to pick out a few women. I could do this all day for all of the women sitting here. So if you sit there thinking, man, she didn't pick me. I'm obviously rubbish. I'm obviously not a Proverbs 31 woman. Just get rid of that. That's Satan, not God, speaking to you. I could do this all day. I could tell you story after story of women I know who have gone after God and feared him in ways that is outstanding, ways that is wonderful, ways that you would look at and go, wow. I know this real-life woman. She loves and fears the Lord. She is a mummy to two beautiful boys. She keeps a home and runs a car. She is a registered mental health nurse, and she practices in the community. She gives voluntary time to me to make some of my stuff work. She serves on a kids' team in this church. She is part of our church and part of a life group. She can be relied upon. She supports and loves her extended family and friends. Her friends say this about her. She is kind. She trusts God. She is an encourager. She is an enabler. She gives confidence. She is a little bit epic. I I like that one. She is thoughtful. She is generous. She is real. She is honest. God shines through her. She has a warm heart. She is compassionate. She shows mercy. She has an infectious smile and laugh. She is beautiful. She changes things around her. She is selfless. She is positive. She leads her home with grace and strength. She goes after God. She is open and she is accountable. Does she sound like a Proverbs 31 woman? Does she? I I think so. I know this other real life woman. She loves and fears the Lord. She is a wife and her husband adores her. He says this about her. She loves Jesus and she loves me. She laughs such a lot. She smiles and she is gorgeous. She has an amazing sense of humor. She is also a mummy to two beautiful boys. She keeps a home and runs a car. She helps to run a business. She helps to feed the hungry and she looks after our food bank. She is creative, she bakes, she is kind, she is generous. She opens her home up so that other people get to find a family. She serves in our kids' work. She is part of our church and she's part of a life group. Does she sound like a Proverbs 31 woman? I I would say yes. I know this other woman, she loves and fears the Lord She is a wife and her husband says this about her. She loves Jesus and wants to know him more. She obeys him even in tough times. She is my best friend. She welcomes people into our home and she hosts beautifully. She is a great cook. She is a mummy to two girls and a boy and she is a grandmummy to two beautiful girls. She prays like no one else I know. She keeps a home and a car. She cooks and she cleans. She looks out for the vulnerable. She opens her home to the elderly. She serves in our kids' work. She is part of this church and part of a life group. Does she sound like a Proverbs 31 woman? I I would say so too. I got a couple more. 
I know this real-life woman. She fears the Lord. She is a wife, and her husband says this of her. She sees others, and she looks to bless them. She leads people into the presence of God. She uses her creativity to help people see God. She is gorgeous. I actually adapted that slightly because it was inappropriate what I had text. She is passionate. She is my friend. She is a mummy to a girl and a boy. She writes songs. She sings. She leads. She encourages and grows people all around her. She speaks carefully. She runs her own business. She is creative. She runs a home. She runs a car. She is my friend, and she is part of this church and a life group. Does she sound like a Proverbs 31 woman? Yes, she does. And then lastly, I know this real-life woman. She loves and fears the Lord. She is a daughter and a sister. She works hard. She will qualify to be a registered mental health nurse this year. And in her job, which she has already been offered, she will be a staff nurse and she will look after the weak and vulnerable in society. She supports and loves families. She sings, she laughs, she dresses with dignity. In a culture that I believe doesn't know how to sometimes dress with dignity, she dresses with dignity. She listens, she speaks, she invests in the young. Her friends say this about her. She cares, she listens, she remembers, and she follows up. She loves and she works with the people that our society usually despises and has no compassion for. She is practical. She dives in. She gives her all. She shows people how much God loves them. She is kind. She is selfless. She is caring. She is part of our church, and she's part of a life group. Does she sound like a Proverbs 31 woman? I would say so. There are no wonder womans here, and if I'm honest, there are no wonder womans in the Bible. If you read the Bible properly, if you don't elevate these people to demigods, if you really read and understand them, you will know that they succeed and they fail. Over and over again, they work hard to listen to God and sometimes get it so wildly wrong. But all the time, these are men and women that love God and are trying to live the kind of life he's got for us. And they're trying to show us how to live. They're trying to show us how to be all the time. And I think this Proverbs 31 wife, because she's been elevated so much, she can cease to teach us because we have her in Wonder Woman world and we have her in comic book, fictional kind of place. So she is no wonder woman. She's a real woman who follows and fears a wonderful God. So I want to pull some things out for us this morning. If you are married, divorced, or widowed, this woman has something to say to you. So don't want you sitting there thinking, well, I'm divorced or I'm widowed, therefore, because we're talking about a wife, she's got nothing to say to me. Or I'm a man and you're talking about a woman, therefore, she's got nothing to say to me. We'd be in serious trouble if we only listened to the people of the same gender of us from the Bible stories. So as a woman in the Bible, she's got plenty to say to you if you are married or divorced or widowed. If you are single, she has got plenty to say to you about A, what your life as a woman could look like, and B, if you are a guy here, the kind of wife you should look at and you should choose. 
If you are a guy, she's got things to say to you if you are a girl. If you have kids, she's got loads to say to you as to what your role is in their life. If you are a teacher, a youth worker, a kids worker, she has loads to say to you. If you are young or if you are old, she has lots to say to you. Firstly, I think she encourages us to fear the Lord and love the Lord. And I was thinking about the ways in which we can practically do this. So if we are to love the Lord and fear the Lord, we are to first know who the Lord is. So if you are not saved in this room, you can begin that journey of fearing the Lord by actually looking at who he is and what he's done for you. By investigating Jesus, by looking at going on Alpha, by picking up a Bible, by doing whatever to discover who he is. The best way to fear the Lord is to know the Lord. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, I know him. I've known him for years. I know all about him. You can know him more. The picture that was bought this morning about the pancake that you can bite in and dig in. If you roll a pancake well, I was thinking about it because I love pancakes. So it's a little distracted by the pancake word because I didn't have any breakfast this morning and I was starting to feel a little bit hungry. But I was thinking when I roll my pancakes, the middle of the pancakes is usually where the fruit, the syrup, the cream, everything has kind of gone I mean, I fill my pancakes. It's less about the pancake for me and more about the fillings, all right? So we've got blueberries in there, strawberries in there, chocolate sauce, maybe some chopped up brownies, squirty cream, maple syrup rolled up. So we're talking, it's about this fat by the time we finish. When you get to the middle, that is where it's all juicy and concentrated. If you think you know the Lord, if you think you are done, smack yourself on the back of the head and say, don't be so ridiculous, You can know more and more about him the more you choose to bite, the more you choose to tuck in, the more you choose to read. To know and fear the Lord is to understand who he is and to read books in the Bible where you can really grasp that, really see that. We're about to hit Hebrews in September. I would say start reading Hebrews, getting into Jesus, finding out who he is, what he's like. If you fancy a chewy book, maybe try Romans. Have a look at who he is and what he's done for you. Like, it's amazing, our salvation. The guys who stood up the front saying, we made a recommitment to Jesus or a first-time commitment. That is incredible. But let me tell you, the best is yet to come. You've got so much more to discover and learn about him and know. To fear the Lord is to know him. And I would say, do all you can to know him. Find books, scriptures, pray for it, ask for revelation, and look to increase your fear of him. And I don't think the Bible's talking about fearing him like cowering in the corner, afraid of him. It's talking about having a correct view of him. So that when you sin and when you stuff up, you know who you're coming before. So that when you worship, you know who you're coming before. So that when you need something and you're praying, you know who you're coming before. There are loads of books out there that can help you, but I know Andrew Wilson's written a couple of really good books about the nature and a study of God, really. So I'd I'd recommend if you just type in on Amazon Andrew Wilson, I think one is called Incomparable, but he's also got one called God Stories, but he describes what God is like. It's, It's just beautiful. So I'd encourage you to go for something like that. Look to enrich people's lives. Your life, when you stand next to someone, should make their life better. It should be richer because you're standing there, because you're bringing yourself into the mix. The women that I I called out this morning, 
They all stand next to people and enrich people. But I also know loads of you do that. I know loads of you come alongside people in life group, come alongside people in school, and you make their lives richer because you literally stand there, you literally speak, you literally act. You're just yourselves next to people. And I know this because people will tell me. They'll say, oh, so-and-so brought a word of encouragement and I felt taller. I felt bigger. I felt stronger. I felt more able. Someone turned up with dinner. Someone turned up with flowers. Someone helped me in a way that made me stand taller. And I think you can be intentional about that while keeping who you are. So who you are, God loves to use to enrich other people. So you're not to look at someone over there or someone over there and think, well, they do it like that, therefore I'll do it like that. If we compare ourselves, we lose the fact that we are individually made and unique. If we compare ourselves and go, oh, but you see, I'm really good friends with Phil. Oh, So if I compare myself and go, well, she's got really straight blonde hair. I just wish my hair was straight and blonde. It's not natural, she's telling me, but even so, she has. She sings like an angel. I don't sing like an angel. I sing okay. I sing in tune, and I love to sing. I don't sing like that. If I compare myself, I get smaller, and I lose the fact that I'm an individual made by God with individual giftings and things to bring, and I focus on all the things I'm not. It's, it's a rubbish waste of your time. So don't compare. Use who you are to enrich other people's lives. Speak stuff into being. When I was reading this last week, I was saying to myself, no way is anyone married to someone and they don't see any weakness in them. So the Proverbs 31 wife, that's on her best day, isn't it? I said to Stuart, that's not in the week leading up to her premenstrual time. That's not on a bad hair day. That's also not on a fat day. You know when you just feel fat? And it's like everything I put on, I'm just fat. That's not on those days where she's ranting at him, where she's screaming at the kids, where, where she's like ordered the Tesco shop and 12 cans of tuna has turned up and nothing else. Me. That's not on those days. These are on her best days. So what does he do? He speaks into her best days. And he says, this is who she is. He doesn't say, oh, I would avoid her in the three days leading up to the time of the month. I would avoid her after school because she is a horror story. He doesn't say that. He says, this is who she is. And he speaks over her these amazing words. Can you imagine if someone spoke those words over you? Can you imagine being one of those women this morning who got to sit there listening to what their husbands think about them, their friends think about them? Do you think they feel taller? I would say so. You see, we can speak directly into people's lives and see them grow. We can encourage and look for the best. Husbands, you have a role in looking for the best in your wife and speaking it into being. You have a role to say, I notice this about you, this about you, this about you, and expecting your wives to grow into it, become taller, become bigger. But I believe, as the bride of Christ, we have a role to do that with one another, to look for things, to say, you are excellent at that, you are brilliant at that, and cause people to stand up, be bigger, 
I agree we need to correct one another, discipline one another, but I would say that's in the context of overwhelming encouragement so that sometimes we say, when you're like that, it's a little bit hard work. In the context of overwhelming encouragement. I think we're supposed to hunt for treasure. I think we're supposed to scavenge around and go, where is it? How can I find it? What can I say? What can I bring? I think in a culture that is very sarcastic and looks to tear down, we are supposed to be the treasure hunters. We're supposed to be rummaging around in people's lives going, I love that about you. I love that about you. With loads of my friends who are not Christians, I'm seeking to be the most encouraging voice in their life. I'm seeking to be the person that points out when I see them succeeding over and over again. Because I think that brings the kingdom of God in as much as it does if I pray for someone to be healed from their sickness. I think the kingdom of God calls things into being that are there faintly and we say, come now. So I think amongst our friends, amongst one another, we should be looking for treasure. We should be finding the things that we can celebrate and saying, let's go after that. I have literally watched people grow into who they're supposed to be in God through words. Because I've said, you can do this, you can do this, I see this in you, and then they've been it. They were always it, they just needed someone to call it out. So if you're thinking, my wife is not that list, call out who she is. Call her into being. You are this, you are this, you are this. Call her. And if you look around you and think there are people struggling, there are people downcast, so call them into being. I, I do think it's part of the kingdom. I think part of the kingdom calls people into salvation. It also calls people into right standing. It causes people to stand up, be bigger. It causes us to be who we're supposed to be. Work hard. It, what you read through this passage is this woman works hard. And I know loads of you work hard. You work hard in your homes. You work hard in your families. You work hard at your jobs. I think that's part of what it means to fear and follow and love the Lord. Is that we're those who work hard. And we put our skills and our talents and our gifts to good use. So we look at who we are and what we've got to offer and we do that thing well. And that sometimes is late nights, early mornings. I mean, that, that's part of it, isn't it? That sometimes is working over lunch. That sometimes is working a bit later into the night. But we all know about that, don't we? Let's be honest. Lots of us work hard. Proverbs 31 woman is just saying, yes, this is part of what it means. So if you're feeling tired and you're thinking, man, I'm working hard, that is part of I think, what it means to live this life. I'm not talking about exhaustion. I'm talking about hard work. And you know when you've done hard work, don't you? I know when I've cleaned my house well, because the tracky bottoms go on, the T-shirt, I turn up some crazy music, and I go at it. And I'm slightly sweaty at the end. It's not pleasant, but I am. I know when I've worked hard. You know when you've worked hard. I would say make use of all your gifts. So how you're wired up and what you're able to do, use them to the best of your ability. I said earlier, don't compare. It is a killer in the kingdom of God comparison. 
If you look at someone else and start comparing yourself, just smack yourself. Say, no, I am not that person. I am me. And I am me, knitted together by God. Literally, how ungrateful is that to say, actually, I would have preferred that. Who we are is who God has made us to, to be. And I would say make use of your gifts, but try not to do the things that you're rubbish at. I think Proverbs 31, she, she is industrious and putting her hands to things that seem to work and she's good at. I would say let's be released and release one another to do that, to do the things that we're good at, to do them well. If you're struggling to know what your gift mix is, ask someone who knows you well. They will be able to roll it out, no trouble whatsoever. If you struggle to look in the mirror and work out what you're good at, ask your best friend, ask your husband, ask someone in your life group who knows you well and say, what do you think I'm good at? And listen to what they say. If you respond with, oh, everyone does those things. Those things come naturally. No, they don't. They are things that you are good at. They come naturally because God has put them in you. So they're natural and they're easy. That's what gifting looks like. It isn't hard work. It's the things we are wired up to do that God has pre-planned for us. Therefore, when we do them, it feels dead easy. Like, well, that doesn't feel like I have to try that hard. Surely everyone can do this. No, they can't. Most people are looking at you going, oh, I wish I could do that. And then smacking themselves on the head and saying no. Speak wisdom and kindness. I said about one of the women, she's really careful when she speaks. And I love that about her. And I think that's one of the things that when we fear the Lord, we're careful. We're careful about what we speak. And we're... So one of the things I do is I never drink too much. And I've made that decision in my life because when I drink too much, I'm not careful how I speak. I, I get carried away. So if I've, had two gla- if I've had one glass of wine, I'm fine. If I have two my mouth gets carried away. I get a little bit more relaxed and I'm a little bit more casual with what I say. I won't have two glasses of wine for that reason because I want to be careful how I speak. I want to be careful what I'm saying and what I'm bringing into people's lives. And even when I'm social, even when I'm out and about socially, I still want to be careful. I would say one of the things she said is she speaks wisdom and she speaks kindness. I would love someone to say that about me. You speak wisdom and you speak kindness. Isn't, I mean, wouldn't that be nice? If your friends at work, if your friends at school, they said, whenever you open your mouth, wisdom and kindness pops out. That doesn't mean she never gets it wrong, but predominantly those things are popping out of her mouth. If you know this is an issue for you, look at the triggers. There'll be certain groups of friends where you find yourself gossiping. There'll be certain times There'll be certain, I know drink for me is one of them. I know if I had two glasses of wine, I'm like a renter mouth. And I knew that before I got saved, and I knew it even clearer when I got saved. So I know that's a trigger for me. I know there are certain settings, certain groups of people where I might just get carried away, so I watch those things. I would say just have a little look at your life. Ask the people around you. Marry well. If you are single in this room, let me say it with the loudest voice that I can say. Marry well. Marry someone who loves and fears the Lord and who you think is pretty awesome. Marry 
those kind of people, all right? Marry the kinds of people that God talks about. Parents, don't go soft on this with your kids. In a world that is now saying everything goes and anything goes, don't go soft on this. Train them in the kinds of women, kinds of men that you think make good husbands and wives. Trust yourself. Think to yourself, well, actually, I've been married for 16 years. I know better than you. You haven't even been on a date yet. Be quiet. Trust that that is what God has put in you and part of your role in your kids' lives. Teach them, train them, steer them, help them speak up in this area. We're looking, I think, for men and women who get married on the earth to bring the kingdom in in their marriage, aren't we? We're looking for more than just, let's get married, let's shack up. We're looking for something that changes people, situations, things. Don't accept anything less than that for your kids. We pray for our boys' wives, because I'm fairly sure, I mean, they're pretty gorgeous looking, that they're going to get married. So we pray for their wives, and we pray some of these kinds of things. I want her to fear the Lord, and I want them to think she's absolutely breathtaking. They would be my two things. They would be my deal breakers. Train, and don't stay silent on it. If you are single, don't ask your single mates what they think about the person you're dating. Ask the people who've been married and been doing it a few years and know what they're talking about. Get their input. Say to them, what do you think about this? Ask your parents. I know it's embarrassing. Most embarrassing thing ever. However, ask them. Because they'll have been married, they'll have been where you are, and they know what's going on. So ask them. Get their advice. Get their input. If we could talk about this much more, I don't think we'd make as many mistakes as we do. How am I doing for time? Do I need to land it? Yeah, pretty much. Get to know yourself inside out. So make sure that when you look in a mirror, you aren't looking at yourself saying, I've got brown hair, I've got blonde hair, I'm a little bit, I'm a stone overweight, I'd like to be this, I'd like to be that. Make sure you're looking at who God has made you to be. So make sure you're looking at, I am a daughter, I am a son, I am loved, I am cherished, I am chosen, I am forgiven. So when you look in the mirror, you know who you are. I think some of the most beautiful people I know are beautiful inside out. They are sure of who they are. Therefore, functioning in whatever body they've got, with whatever color hair they've got, with whatever clothes they're wearing is fine. Because they are secure and safe in the knowledge of who they are before God. I would say, like, sort this one out. If, if you know this is an issue for you, get on Freedom in Christ in September. If you know that your identity before a holy God is a little bit all over the place, get this one nailed down, sorted out. So speak to Mike and Sarah and just say, get us on this course because we want to get this sorted out inside out. This is really practical. Keep a good home. And if you live at home, learn how to do that. So do not sit on the sofa with your feet up while mummy runs around picking up your clothes, doing all your stuff for you. Learn. Think to yourself, I am going to discover what it means to run my own home because one day I'm having a mansion with a smart car on the drive and a, you know, good wife and a few kids and a goat and whatever else. Learn how to run a home while you live at home. Learn how to do the washing, cooking, cleaning. 
Say to whoever you live with, could you teach me? Could you train me? Could you show me? I think it's great to live at home, but I think home should be a learning environment, not a lazy, put my feet up while my minions run around doing the jobs for me. It should be the place that we learn and discover who we are, but also get launched out into who we're supposed to be. Don't go to university or your workplace or into marriage or wherever. Well, I don't know what that white machine does. I just know that clean clothes appear on my bed every day. I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to clean. Learn those skills. They're absolutely brilliant. Learn how to budget, cook, clean. All those things, they're brilliant. I'm grateful to my mummy who taught me, but also I know she taught my brothers well. My brothers are amazing cooks. They both know how to keep a home. They wash their own clothes from 16. Disastrously sometimes, but they wash them. Laugh with no fear of your future. She is a an amazing woman who laughs with no fear of your future. And I don't know if you understand what this looks like, so I'm going to say it to you. If you are a mummy in this room and you have had to watch your kid go under general anaesthetic more than twice, could you stand up for me, please? Come on. Hello, I've not met you yet, so that's good. So... What I know about these women, I don't know this about you, but I bet it's true. What I know about these women is they parent kids where they have had to stand next to them in hospital rooms thinking the unimaginable. What I also know... Did you reluctantly stand up? Oh, oh. What I also know about these women standing, they are some of the smiliest. They have some of the naughtiest laughs, I know. Yeah, we all know who that is, don't we? They laugh with no fear of their future. This does not mean that these women are frivolous and they just go, ha, 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 whatever's going on. This means that they, in it all, know God And so sometimes they throw their head back and say, all right, God, it's you or nothing else. This doesn't mean they like laugh and they're just like, oh, it's hilarious that we're here and that my kid, something awful might happen to my kid. This means that they know God in such a way that they go, all right, God, I've got nowhere else to go. Abby was saying last night, we can't go over it, we can't go under it, we can't go around it, we've got to go through it. We've got nowhere else to go. And there is a laugh and a satisfaction in that that comes when you say to God, you're all I got. These women know how to do that. And I have laughed with most of these women standing. And I have enjoyed their laughter and enjoyed their faith even when I know it has been the hardest path to walk. This is what it means to laugh with no fear of our future, even when the future looks bleak and you're thinking, I have no idea what it looks like beyond this. We laugh because we actually know that God knows. We actually know that in his presence, in his hands, we're safe, no matter what. So I want to honour you women as women who laugh with no fear for your future, even though I know that the future sometimes just feels like, what? We want to say, well done, Proverbs 31 women, well done, 
for pressing in on God, well done for laughing, well done for cracking on with life, well done for being women who love your kids but love your God more, like well done. To be someone who laughs with no fear of the future literally means that you know that God is bigger, you know that he is stronger, you know that he is better, and all you can do is say, okay, God, you got this one. You have to have this one. I'm going to land the plane now. Lastly, this woman, I think her, the thir- Proverbs 31, woman, what she says to us is we are to recognize and reward what we see. And what we see when we recognize and reward it, we get more. So when we say and honor people, we don't become less. Everyone becomes more. And I'd like us as a church to be those that recognize and reward men and women who fear the Lord. That we're not afraid to rush in behind what God is doing and say, well done, keep going. That we're not not so... We're not... We don't struggle to notice in someone else really good faith, really good behavior, and we don't see it as, you know, some kind of, I'm not any good, I'm not worth anything, but we actually can look at someone and celebrate and go, well done, good and faithful servant, well done for that, well done for that. It's why we gift people, it's why we get in on the back of people getting saved. We just want to recognize and reward all that God is doing. And I'm a firm believer, whatever we recognize and reward, God will just give us more of. Every time we celebrate someone getting saved, someone seeing a breakthrough, someone seeing a healing, I just believe there's more racked up behind that. That when we go, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, you're awesome, he's got a whole host of things ready to just roll out for us. So I want to ask us to stand. We're going to worship this beautiful God. I hope you can see this morning that she is not the wonder woman of the Bible. She is a real life woman who has lots to say to all of us. The biggest thing I think she says is you need to fear the Lord, love the Lord and follow the Lord with all you've got.